Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivid Arena. Lloyd Cole producing today across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. I hope you're having a good Monday. Uh, yeah, I'm hanging in there. How about you, buddy? Doing the same, doing the same, but um, yeah, doing well today. And uh, Austin's out today. Hope he's doing okay. Uh, Lloyd, uh, thanks for sitting in. Yeah, Austin's fine. He's you know he's having a little more work done. <laughs> having a little. I have pierced nipples. Yeah, he's. he's... <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know the nature of what's being reconstructed? No, no, I don't think it's a, a reconstruction. I think he's he's furthering, uh, further embracing the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Heavier ring, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe more uh, areas of the body. I don't know. Oh, oh, I have pierced nipples. Yeah. So, <laughs> Austin, we hope everything's going okay. Should we start calling him Pierce for short? Uh, you can sure. Uh, well, so Lloyd is I'll here, which yeah. uh, we appreciate. Lloyd uh, sticking around, making it happen. Uh, the great Lloyd Cole, everyone. Hey, uh, I I'm drinking an orange Fanta right now, Gordon. Wow, and it's been a long time since I've had one of those. You know what? I just had a sip of it, and and I just thought the same thing. This just tastes like childhood to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm having, like, a nostalgia as I'm consuming an orange Fanta. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, what what were the big orange drinks back in the day? Orange Crush? Yep. And Orange Fanta? Yeah, those Shasta? Are the ones. Shasta Orange? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny why I'm drinking the, the orange Fanta. But, yeah. <laughs> I usually have uh, my second cup of coffee for the day with me, as uh, as you know. But of course, I left it in the car. And uh, where, did, where did you get the Fanta? I well, uh, I would have gone back to get my coffee, Gordon. However, um, so Monster Jam is just pulling out of the building, right? Uh huh. So uh, a lot of dirt involved with Monster <laughs> Jam. So the the good folks here at the arena are are spraying out the back lot to get uh. rid of all all the dirt. But I don't know if you've noticed this because I, you know, I'm not sure when you last went outside. But it, it's cold, and uh, let's say my walk down the ramp was not uh, easy. <laughs> Did you so, feel like you were on a toboggan run? So you could imagine when I got all the way to the studio and noticed I forgot my coffee. 
So it was either uh, ice skate back out to the <laughs> back out to my car, or go downstairs to the the break room and uh, and and see what they have down there. Which of course they're currently installing a new soda machine down there, which is pretty sweet, but not operational as of yet. So I went to the fridge, which by the way, if anybody from the arena is listening, something is certainly spoiled in there, and uh, I found. Uh, an orange Fanta was my only option, and I thought, you know what? It's orange Fanta time. Now, to, might it be that that Fanta belonged to somebody else and you just took it? No, they've had a, a, a couple of, uh, like, flats of beverages in there while the, the soda machine is getting changed out. So oh, nice. This nice. just happens to be what is remaining. Hmm. Do you know that orange Fantas, or I think it's Fanta, I'm not 100% sure, but over in Europe, those taste, they have them, but they're a little more lemony, even though they're orange. Of course you know that. I have no clue what a Fanta tastes like in Europe. Never had the opportunity myself. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, sodas taste different in other countries for whatever reason. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Probably because they're... They're made and, and uh, canned or bottled uh, in that country, and they might do things a little differently. Lloyd, but what, I'm is, glad uh, you, uh, Lloyd what does a, a Portuguese Canada Dry taste like? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> uh, that have you ever really been to Portugal? I have. And what or was were it you like asking going Jake? To the, Jake no, 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 I was asking you. Oh, okay. No, I'm asking you, Lloyd. I mean, have you gone back to the home country? That's all. Uh, I did. I, I actually got to go see where my mom grew up, the, uh, the little shanty that she she grew up in so that she, was kind of she grew cool. up in an island on Azores, an island right the azor yeah, islands cool. uh Tosseta was is the island that's pretty wow. sweet yeah so that was and pretty what was that was that was that what did that uh, did you get any any feel uh, in that uh, trip down memory lane or yes what? i got i got kind of show me uh you know kind of the old the old stomping grounds this was kind of during their their version of like the running of the bulls as well and so that was cool that was pretty sweet did you run no, 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 no! I didn't get enough courage with the and uh, enough liquid courage to do it. You know, that's I saw plenty of people get get splattered uh, by the bull, and I'm just like, I am. Wait a not, minute, that's not they, me. Yeah, they run with the bulls. Well, in, so in, they, uh, what they, their version of it is they actually have a, a a bull that is essentially tied to a rope. I see. So it's not you're just not running with a bunch of bulls because that's straight lunacy. But whatever. People That's do it. Pamplona, they do it. Right? Yeah. I know it's pretty scary. So, yeah. but so it's, what? What else can you tell our listeners about about the home country? I mean, what? Be thankful. I, you about? really, you really know what? How thankful you are when you go there, when you take a shower in one of those it, there because it is like a, a it's like a drip system. That's what's draw. I mean, it's just like barely dropping down on you. There is very little. It's almost oh. like as if you have a a a, a broken shower head. That's probably just been clogged up or something like that, and just a little bit's kind of come down on you. It's yep. just they do they they do some other interesting things. Uh, they don't toilet paper doesn't really uh, flow well down the to- old toilet system, so, so that goes in the garbage. So that goes in the garbage. That's just like uh, Mexico yeah. and uh, such. Well, I, so I had I had an uncle that came, that came and stayed with uh, with us uh, in, in in Utah. And I kept kept finding this. I'm like. Why is there? Why is it in the? Garbage? This is before I ever went. I'm like, why is this in the toilet? Why is this in the in the garbage? What? So yeah, it's interesting. It yeah. makes you thankful. It's like wow. Huh. I'd love to you go know, to Portugal sometime. I bet it's awesome. 
I, I, well, there are, I've, you know, those of us who've been to other countries, I'm telling you, it's, there are nice things about some of those locations. Sometimes the weather can be nice. Uh, other, other things, if you like the beach, you like going on the beach. But I'm telling you, my time spent out of this country, at, at no time have I ever come home and thought, you know, the U.S. sucks. Uh, I've never had that experience, and uh, that's, I mean, these folks who are complaining about our country right now, I, I mean, go live somewhere else for a while and see what it's like and then come back and appreciate what's here. I'll say it that way. Well, and that's really saying something because what Lloyd's talking about and your experiences internationally are, are quite different. Well, I, I, I stayed in a room that was probably shared by like eight <laughs> kids, and it was a very <laughs> small room. Yeah. That you probably, it's more like a, more like a closet. You're coming back from, mm, I mean, your accommodations are a tad different. How about that? Well, I know, not not when I lived over in Europe. Uh, my accommodations were quite uh, quite modest. It wasn't like uh, any kind of luxury resort or anything. And I was over in Germany for a couple of years, so I I saw what it was like to to be over there. And 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 Germany really compared to a lot of places. It's not like you're living in a jungle hut somewhere or something like that. But I have had the opportunity to tour around Europe a little bit and to go to some nice locations around the world. And uh, even then, uh, I'm I'm happy to come back to this country. Um, so Okay, i anyway. got to admit I was not uh, thinking about your stretch there in, in Germany. I was more thinking about your time spent on various islands. <laughs> That's, that's more well, what I was what I was thinking about. But when I think of Portugal, see, I think uh, I think of uh, Lloyd. kind of kind of exotic, you know. I mean, but uh, you're saying that it's uh, the the, uh, the living conditions are well, rather is, modest. Where his mom came from, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, we we've got a lot to do today, uh, Gordon. Um, first, before we get into the split, and we'll talk some jazz basketball, we should all be really grateful that we don't actually uh, sports gamble for a living. Yes, uh, indeed. After, after our adventure uh, with, uh, with p picking NFL playoff games against the spread. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I started out Saturday by going 0-2-1, as did you and as did Austin. Uh, Tim actually went 1-1-1 one, 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 uh, mm -hmm. on Saturday. And remember, we were including the spread in this, and so some of those games we picked the right way. We just didn't pick them by enough. All yeah. of us somehow picked Tennessee over Baltimore and took a big fat L there. So then well, uh, uh, that's uh, the first game on Sunday. So uh, Tennessee, would you mind figuring out a way to move the freaking football? Falling and, uh, uh, to o three and one for everybody but Tim. Then we <laughs> all got the got the Saints. Uh, so we get a we get a victory. We get a a, a one in the win column for uh -huh. you, Austin, and me. And then the final game, of course, Cleveland uh, <laughs> does what it did to Pittsburgh, and uh, Tim and I picked Cleveland. You and Austin picked Pittsburgh. So Tim is in the lead with three victories. Uh, I have two, and you and Austin have one. Yeah, it was not a great weekend as far as picking goes pretty and, uh, pretty happy that i don't actually put money on my picks <laughs> pretty stoked after watching <laughs> football uh nfl football over the weekend which we can get into more later because it, it was 
What, three games a day on Saturday and Sunday? Yes, please. Yeah, that was cool. I <laughs> yes, love the, please. I love the NFL playoffs. I love the urgency of them, even in kind of a weird year. And, uh, yeah, to have that many games was a whole lot of fun, even though it was a bit of a drag that we had the anchor out with our bad picks. But it was fun to watch. You know, it's one thing for, uh, uh, what, Doug Peterson to intentionally lose a game uh, <laughs> during the regular season, but for, for Frank Reich and the Colts to intentionally try and lose a game in the playoffs just feels <laughs> obscene to me. And uh, Doug lost his job, so. How about that? They say, hey, dude, you're cool. Go out and lose us this game, and you're going to be employed tomorrow. And then after the, he does it, you know, in submarines a football game, they go, oh, about that. Um, <laughs> you think he got lied to? You're actually fired. Uh, yeah. Have a have a nice day, and you have the next hour to pack your stuff. Yeah, I can't tell you very many uh, very many playoff games that I've seen where the favored team has fallen behind twenty eight to nothing inside the first fifteen minutes, and uh, actually the better team in my opinion, but that doesn't really matter, does it? All that matters is the final score up on the board. But I do not know what the heck was going through the minds of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. Well, give Cleveland some credit because they came out with their hair on fire because Juju Smith-Schuster is a moron (laughs) and gave them bulletin board material. And, by the way, if you've been watching the Steelers for the, the past month, the wheels have been coming off. It it has not been pretty for the last month yeah, but for the, the Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I thought the Browns were going to be depleted and going to be uh, hurting and unable to really play their best game. That didn't really seem to matter. Hey, Gordon, you're sounding like a guy that went for a front runner here. It's yeah, kind of what you're probably. sounding like right now. Yeah, yeah. Gordon loves picking the favorite. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's it's obvious why they would be the favorite. It sounds like they had a lot going, going against them. <laughs> well, uh, they, it didn't work out very well. And Big Ben uh, throws for over 500 yards, but uh, how many interceptions did he throw? I don't know what. Uh, I, I, that was just that was surprising to me. But I'm happy for the people of Cleveland because it's been a while. Um. Okay, we don't need to go down our happy for thing, but yeah, I guess their their team won. That's good. All right. Well. It's tough when the, you pick the Bills to win, but they don't win by enough. That's why this whole gambling thing is really tricky business. And should have lost. The Colts were so bad at the end of the game. So, <laughs> such poor like play calling and management. It's just like, what are, what are they doing? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Rough, rough weekend for us, for all of us, uh, except for Tim. Like you said, Tim. Uh, and Tim even Tim right. only won three games. Yeah. Weddle, <laughs> they picked against the spread, five and one. Dude, and, and Weddle picked the Rams to win. Yeah, he did. And, uh, the the Rams who was starting the towel boy at quarterback. <laughs> How did Seattle lose to a, to a quarterback with a broken thumb? On his throwing hand. They, the, the Seahawks, that's the worst L of the weekend. The Seahawks, that's that's the worst one. And big up uh, ups to the Rams for showing up and, and still playing hard. But, man, the Seahawks losing to the Rams. That's terrible. On their home field. That's worst. terrible. Yeah. But, all right. Well, good talk there, 
Russ. Um, <laughs> why don't we do this? We'll step aside for a second. We'll get into the the Utah Jazz for the split story uh, coming up. They've now put together a couple of wins. Uh, eager to get Gordon's thoughts on it. Stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. In college at San Diego State, a guy texts in, my neighbors the U's thought about naming their son after Marshall Falk. Thought about it? Why didn't they do it? You're, you're not catching on, Dave. What's their last name? You're just oh, so Oh, yeah, you're right. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going for Marshall U. <laughs> no, no, oh, I got it now. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> you're so freaking naive, Dave. This is why we love you. You're not exactly you. a street smart guy. <laughs> Marshall U's not that bad. No, no, no. I think it's more the last So you name. really like the thunder in her, do you? Catch DJ PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I can feel a change in everything. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Austin not here today. We hope he's icing up and, and he's doing all right. <laughs> Does that cause swelling? I have pierced nipples. Hi, guys. I got pierced nipples. Hey, guys. I got pierced nipples. Hey, guys. I got pierced nipples. Woohoo! Pierced nipples. So we hope he's doing all right. Uh,. Austin, let's talk. Or Austin, Gordon, let's talk about the Jazz. Um, this road trip has certainly been interesting. I know people uh, we talked about it a lot last week were disappointed with how they performed in the Big Apple, losing two games. Uh, arguably, they shouldn't have, but then bounce back and have one heck of a weekend. Gordon, on Friday they uh, rough up the Bucks, one thirty-one to one eighteen, in, in what I thought was their best performance of the season so far. Yeah. And then uh, last night beating the Pistons, ninety-six to eighty-six, where it wasn't pretty but they held on to get a, a W in a game where maybe they weren't at their best. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell implied afterward that had they played that game two weeks ago, they might have lost it, but that they have uh, they are learning to tough out those rough stretches. And, uh, yeah, they've had at various times they've had rough stretches at the defensive end and at the offensive end. And they got off to a real good start uh, yesterday, but uh, – and things got a little eh, inefficient, I'll say it that way, in the second half. But they were able, through their defense and their rebounding, wow, did they kill the Pistons on the board or what? Well, they helped rebound them by like 30? Uh, was it 20? What was You're, it, 34? Uh, 24? 63 to 39. Yeah, just killed them on the boards. But... Um, yeah, I, I think what the Jazz are going to face, they're going to face a lot of those switching defenses and try to crowd the ball handler and uh, not allow them those comfortable three-point shots. Yeah, I thought um, 
Well, let's let's start with the game against the Bucks because I think there were lessons to be learned uh, from from both games. As far as uh, the game against the Bucks, it, it was how the Jazz offense is supposed to look, Gordon. And there are yeah. a couple of numbers I think that prove that out. Um, Thirty-one total assists is is just an amazing number uh, for this Jazz team that's uh, uh, struggled in that department at times this year. And then uh, Gordon, they shot fifty-three threes which is just incredible. And we've heard that mark at 50 being kind of like the ideal attempt number. And, of course, they made 25 of them, um, 25, 53, 47.2%. I mean, it, when you think when the Jazz – next time the Jazz are struggling, Gordon, and we say this is how the offense needs to go, it, it was that Milwaukee game. So I thought there were a couple things you could take from that offensively. And then when Royce O'Neal is guarding forwards, even Giannis, man, is he ever good. And he was so good in that Bucks game. That might have been the best game of his career. It, yeah, he's sh- he shooting the ball. What was he on that, in that game? Five, six of eight. Six of eight. I mean, give me a break. But and I do think, I do think, in fairness to Giannis, I, I, that 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 tumble he had really affected him. I didn't think he was nearly as effective afterwards uh, as he was prior to. But uh, give the Jazz credit. I mean. They played, I agree with you 100%. That was their best game of the season against a very good opponent and on that opponent's home floor. And they did the things that they don't do or don't seem to be able to do or to focus on doing when they they play poorly. And this is a team that seems to either look really good like that or they look uh, bad enough to lose and, and get kicked around by the Phoenix Suns. And and that was what was interesting about the Detroit game. In that game, they didn't play particularly well, but they still found a way to win. So they found some grit in that effort. Uh, but against the Bucks, it was it was pure joy for them. They f- were feeling very good about themselves, as they should. I mean, when you shoot better than fifty percent, and uh, you hold a team like that down around forty-four percent, and then, like you said, you make nearly fifty percent of your fifty-three threes. Uh, yeah, you're going to end up uh, feeling pretty good, and they did. So now the Pistons game, I think you can take a couple of things from uh, as well, but they're they're obviously very different. Uh, remember for a second back to the Nick uh, the New York Knicks game, Gordon, where they came out in the third quarter and the whole team disappeared. Remember yeah. when we we talked uh, about that? Mm-hmm. Well, the Jazz basically did it again uh, in the third quarter against the Pistons, except Jordan Clarkson did what Jordan Clarkson does, and that's go out and get buckets. And I thought that was really important because when the offense may be sputtering a little bit, having trouble reacting to the defenses like you were talking about, Gordon, he can still go out and do what he does. And I thought that that was extremely important uh, in that game. And then something Rudy Gobert said in the postgame where he said in this one, our struggles on offense didn't affect our defense. Yeah. And I I thought that was uh, really important when he said that. I thought, you know what? He's right about that. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's really easy to, to guard when the ball's going in the basket and they're taking it out of the basket. But when the chips are down and you're not playing all that well, do you continue to have defensive intensity? And I I thought, I thought that was very astute on Rudy's part. Yeah. That uh, sums it up nicely in that particular game. And Rudy was a good example of that. He was one of five from the floor, and what does he do? He goes out and gets uh, 19 rebounds and uh, blocks four shots. And so he was leading by example there because it's easy. When you go one of five from the at the offensive end, especially when you shoot the percentage that he normally does, you can get your dauber down a little bit, and he, he didn't. So 
Yeah, and you bring up Jordan Clarkson. I have some questions about him, Jake. And I, I need I need your solution. I need your your responses just to help everyone understand this a little better, because the Jazz are a team that offensively depends on ball movement, except for when Jordan Clarkson has the ball, and then all of a sudden. The search dribble, and usually the search dribble is him searching for a shot for himself. And he just, there was one possession that Jazz had where he had the ball the entire possession. It seems counter to what the Jazz typically try to do, and yet at times they need him to do that. Is, is it overall effective, or do you think he needs to play within the system a little more? Well, well I mean... No, I don't think he necessarily. Do I think he makes a, the the correct decision 100% of the time? No. So from that standpoint, like, does he need to be in the system a little bit more? I, I guess. But uh, I suppose who doesn't? But here's the thing, Gordon. We, we often forget that this isn't Skelly drill and that the other team is good. <laughs> and their coaches are good. And their game plans are good. And they've seen it all, Right. You know, they've counter-planned or, or, or game-planned for everything that that's, you know, is out there on film. So there's a certain amount of possessions in the NBA that are just going to wind up being one-on-one. It, you know, you try to do this, you try to do that, the other team stops you, but there's eight seconds left on the shot clock or whatever, and you need to go get a bucket. And that's where Jordan Clarkson is really, really good. And some people get frustrated maybe if he dribbles the ball a little bit too much, but sometimes that's what's got to happen. And it's why he's so good with second units because he can go do that while they uh, try to figure out how to run the offense. But would he be more effective if he shared the ball the way – because he plays different than everybody else on the team. Well, he has a different role. This well, is his, I, I, this I is understand that, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not sitting here criticizing him. I'm just pointing out that the way he goes about his offense is different than everybody else on the team, including Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan, his his role is different than Jordan Clarkson's. I don't know how to. His, Jordan Clarkson's role is to come in off the bench, a la Lou Williams, and go get shots up while Donovan and others uh, get a breather. You know, it, that's that's his gig. That's his role. Remember how bad the offense was uh, with the bench unit for the Jazz last year. They were they were losing the team games. They were so bad. And Jordan Clarkson comes in, and they were bad because they couldn't score. They couldn't put the ball in the hoop. And so, you know, Jordan's not playing with the starters because it allows him to be more selfish because that's what they need. There are times when he's on the floor with starters, though. Well, they never – this isn't hockey. I mean, they're never going to do a, a complete line change. And, and by the way, you know, pay attention to who he's out there with because that's, well, that's an important I, I thought I thought too. it was hockey there for a minute. I, thanks, <laughs> We're not. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying I am that. wearing my Whalers hat. Oh, good. But I, I think you, you see what I'm uh, see what I'm getting at. So, right? so, but, but uh, okay, and, and I, I don't have a conclusion. I, I mean, I'm not trying to make a point here. I'm just saying that it's it, it's interesting to watch him go about his offensive duties that they are completely different than everybody else on the team. And I just wonder if I, – I guess my question is, could he be more effective if he wasn't dribbling all the time? 
I don't think so, but I suppose that Do you depends. think the other guys are incapable of getting him the ball when he gets – I get that that's the talent he has that is so important. I mean, there, there's a real time and a place for it, but it seems like with him it's almost all the time when he's on the floor. If he gets the ball, it's going up, and it usually is after about 15 dribbles. Yeah, uh, I mean – we uh, everybody criticizes Joe Ingles for shooting or for not shooting enough. But then you mm-hmm. look at Jordan Clarkson and go, I think that guy shoots too much. I I think it depends on what role the the coaching staff has has carved out for both of them. And uh, maybe in some cases uh, Jordan's is to uh, um, go out there and shoot. In some cases it's for Joe to make plays for others. I mean it depends on who they're playing with and and what their role is. Uh, on the team, but I'm not going to complain about Jordan Clarkson shooting so much, especially after a game where I really think that they would have blown that lead against Detroit if it were not for the his ability to to do that. And by the way, let's not forget that what's the easiest way to start the blender, Gordon, is by beating your guy. I mean, yeah, a pick can get involved and it makes it more complex, but if you can beat your guy one-on-one, I mean, that's the best way to start the blender there is. And there are three Jazz players, maybe four if a rookie pans out, that can create their own shot. And he's one of them. Right. But his starting of that blender usually ends up with him being the blender and him shooting. Well, he shot and 7 of 15. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, know. I that's, know. That's pretty good. Yeah, three yeah, of 7 know, from I 3. I mean, can you think of a game this year where you thought, boy, he's just a Trey Birkin it out there, 1 of 23 or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Well, we, we know that uh, second unit enough to know that they need scoring. and uh, But I thought it was interesting because there, there was a stretch when he was on the floor with Donovan Mitchell, and he still was doing the same thing. And, you know, I'm not, critici- I'm not sitting here criticizing Jordan Clarkson. I'm just noting that he plays differently than every other Jazz player. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I noticed about that game yesterday was this consistency that the Jazz are trying to find – is not it, it seems like it's coming to them uh, in a rough way. It's not it's it, 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 but they won, you know they won. But I'm looking. You mentioned uh, Royce O'Neal in that game against uh, Milwaukee. He's lofting the ball left and right and making nice shots. And in the game against Detroit, he's 0 of two. You know, uh, doesn't score any points. He played some defense. Bogdanovich, who was okay against the Bucks. Not great, but uh, he's been struggling with his shot. And in that game against Detroit, 3 of 11, 0 for 5 from behind the arc. He's a guy that needs to come around because he's been drastically inconsistent. And I I don't know. These are things George Niang off the bench uh, has really struggled with his shot. And I I just wonder how what those guys can do to contribute in a quote-unquote normal way. And the Jazz have faced these defenses where they that where they figure out in a hurry that if, if they let the Jazz shoot with those open, comfortable shots, they're going to get beat. And so then they crowd them and they switch, and, and the Jazz have struggled at times against that. And I guess the, I don't want to sit here and, and be like what Mike Schmidt said about the Philadelphia media. He said Philly's the only place where you can enjoy the thrill of victory and the agony of reading about it the next day. But, but you know, they won. They won both these games. But it's, I, I'm holding the Jazz to a high standard this year, comparing them to the best teams in the West. And they've, they've got to smooth out their ride a little bit. They've got to find a way. 
to I, I know shooters are going to have nights where they go three of eleven like Bogdanovich did, but uh, it just it seems like those guys need to get comfortable and get in a groove more often than not so that the Jazz don't have these wild, wild undulations that they sometimes suffer. I I get what you're saying, but I mean expecting them to play like they did against the Bucks every night is not realistic for any team that's ever been assembled. I mean, they set a franchise record with 25 made threes, meaning it's never happened before. So, I mean, the way they played against the Bucks was, was amazing. We'll be looking at back at that game all season long saying that was that was the Jazz at their best. And I, mm-hmm. I disagree a little bit about Bogdanovich. 7 of 15 for 20 points and 4 of 10, 10 shooting against the Bucks. He was great. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that's great, but he was certainly better than he's been because he's, he's he's hurt. struggled. He's hurt. Yeah, he's he he's hurt. There's the that's why he the, the inconsistencies are there. I mean, we've we saw him wear a brace. He never would have considered that, you know, if he weren't hurt because he hates it so much. And now we don't see the brace there. So I'm I'm really not worried about Bogdanovich coming around. Uh, he's going to start making those those shots on a consistent basis. But that's why I guess I said that the Pistons game was impressive because they didn't play their best and still won because there's going right. to be those nights. And I agree with you that the, the gap between the two has been wide, so don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to argue to argue, but I, I think we need to, to – they need to play better games more frequently, but at the same time when they struggle, figure out a way to win. And they did that against Detroit. They did, and they did it with defense, and they did it with rebounding. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, those are—that's the dirty work. And if, uh, like Rudy said, he he hit the nail on the head. He said, you know, struggle with the offensive end, but we picked up our defensive intensity and won the game. So you, you can't really complain about that. It's it's just that it would be nice to see the Jazz if they're not going to play like they did against Milwaukee at least uh, even out that ride a little bit so that it's a little more predictable in a positive way. Well, to a sense where you're not losing to the Knicks. Right. You know, when you're not playing well. you're off the floor by the Nets. Yeah, you're not – exactly. You're not dropping – like, they could have easily dropped that game to Detroit. And you look no further than when the Suns played them. I think it was in the game before where they were up 20 Uh and the Pistons came back because they they ugly up the game and they slow it down and they they make you play poorly. And that's what they uh, did to the Jazz, but the Jazz didn't succumb. You know what I mean? They played just well enough. Side note, by the way, it's almost – I almost feel sad watching Blake Griffin play basketball, and I'm not trying to take a shot at the guy. He's just a Mm – he's a different player. Than he was, and it's just—I don't know—it's hard. It's hard to watch. Yeah, for one who was uh, an all-star for uh, six of his seasons, you know, he—he he is not the same player. But so yeah, dynamic. He, I mean, he—he yeah. he used to be so dynamic. Oh, he was on the highlights every every night on yeah. ESPN, you know. But Jeremy Grant—he—he's quite a player, and he's getting what he was hoping for. Kind of uh, an opportunity to do more than just defend. He, he was tough on the Jazz yesterday. See, he's a great example, Gordon, of, of something that we've talked about often. Are there enough shots to go around for players? And in Denver, I mean, that dude who's averaging almost 26 points per game in the NBA right now was averaging, what, 14 last year? Didn't have the opportunity. It's the role. That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes there's just not enough shots to go around. So you take a player like Jeremy Grant, 
who could be an all-star this year with how he's playing. Well, I mean, the Jazz certainly had a difficult time uh, hanging with him because he's he's long, but he's quick. Yeah, he's very athletic. Well, look at what what Gordon Hayward's doing in Charlotte with the number one role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was he was what coming off the bench. What what Hayward average last year? You know, off the top of your head, I don't know. I don't remember, but it certainly wasn't at his previous Jazz level. Our guy, where uh, where he also had the opportunity to be the number one guy. Our guy, uh, uh, David James, had it right all that time ago. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Lloyd, is that, is that that's your fingertips? I, 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 Gordon Hayward, by the way, is averaging 20, 21.4 points per game this year. Oh, yeah. And let's see what he averaged last year. Hang on. Uh, and if, you, if you look at the number of attempts he's getting, it's probably quite a bit higher. You know, he averaged 17.5 points per game last year. That's actually better than I would have thought. He's taking three more shots per game, 16.6 to 13.5. I bet his usage is way higher, though. Hang on. Got it. Talk, Gordon, while I scroll, would you? Well, uh, here we you go. Could, you could tell you could tell last year that Gordon Hayward didn't feel like he was a part of what was happening, especially at the offensive end for the Celtics. And and body language is interesting. People study this stuff. But you could tell just by looking at him on the court that he felt unsatisfied. Uh, his usage is twenty four point seven. Last year it was twenty one point one, which is also higher than I would have anticipated. But anyway, he's playing really well for the Hornets. Would you rather be a star with those kinds of numbers on a marginal team, or would you rather be kind of a, just another guy on a on a championship level team? I want to be the star, baby. <laughs> That's not what the coaches say. What do they know? The coaches say you get paid if the team wins. <laughs> yeah, they've been saying that for a while. They're wrong. <laughs> All right. I, it depends. Uh, maybe early in my career, I'd like to be a star. But I, and after a while, I mean, I was thinking about that as I was watching Jeremy Grant. You know, the Nuggets are a pretty good team, and the Pistons, uh, the Pistons aren't bad. But would you rather be doing what he's doing now or do what he did last year and be on a team that uh, goes to the conference finals? First of all, the Pistons are pretty bad. Uh, but second, yeah, I, I want, I want, uh, I want to be the star, man. Come on, even later in your career, absolutely. Oh, come on, Jake, you're disappointed. Let me go out there and ball, man. <laughs> I want to be the one sitting in the front of the bus adjusting oh, practice times. No, no, yeah, no that's, get, that's get, what get, I want. And get your head kicked in every night. No, it, again, Gordon, it's not. You're literally not getting your head kicked in every night. You're losing. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that would get old in a hurry. I would hate playing for a losing, uh, a a bottom dweller in the NBA. But you're a star, man. You're a star on a bad team. So, Jake, I'm also, yeah, I, I don't you, really care. I'm also popping bottles. Do you really believe making it rain? Making it rain. What you're saying? Money and champagne. Absolutely. Lloyd, are you agreeing and, with him? And you don't have to. Uh, yes. You don't have to play a few extra months in the playoffs either. You're in Cancun. <laughs> Cancun, baby. Cancun on three. You're living the dream. <laughs> and you got villas on uh, four different yeah. continents. These guys aren't going home to live in squalor. <laughs> 
Jake, I don't think I would want you as my teammate if that was your attitude. So? Because all you care about is your own opportunity, uh, not the outcome for the team. So you go sit on the bench in L.A. <laughs> You go, you go, not play somewhere else. You don't mean it. Well, this is how James Harden has made a career, and that guy is is living it up. What do you mean? The Rockets have been pretty good. It's been a one man show for a while now. Yeah, and he's been been uh, being the star. It's all about James. Whatever James wants, isn't that the the sentence from that athletic piece? Yeah, but he was sort of he was sort of having his cake and eating it too because he was the star, but he was also winning a lot of games. All right. I'm talking about having the problems that the Pistons are likely going to have night after night after night, and that is uh, they're going to lose a lot. See, give me Alex English's career, right? I just want to average thirty points a game on a dog team. That guy's a legend. If he scored 12 points a game uh, coming off the bench in Boston, nobody even know who he is. Jake, there's a word that's describing what you're, what you're, uh, that characterizes what you're, what you're describing. Smart. Here. See, I want, Vlad- I want Vladdy, Vladdy's career, because then I could have a heater in the in the break in the timeout. <laughs> Three have, heaters. Have go out there and have a smoke. All right, I think uh, I think this. Uh, this sort of shades in the gray areas. And I can know nothing about basketball and be a GM. So. <laughs> no, the the truth is you feel the exact same way, Gordon. I'm just uh, able to vocalize it instead of feeling pressured into saying, oh, it's about the team. And why would I feel pressured? Because you feel like it's the right thing to say. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because that's the way I've always hey, Gordon, I've built my drag? career on. I've built my career on being a populist, Jake. Well, That's you, what I do. You can have commentary on your own career. I don't know. I'm just telling you about this take right here. Here, Gordon. Have a drag. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 okay. and 1280 The Zone. Sad. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Gordon, you were nervous uh, about your boy Tom Brady over the weekend, weren't you? Uh, not really. Not really? That was a heck of a game. It was. 
It was. And when I thought, I when I thought Alex or saw that Alex Smith was not going to play, I thought to myself, "Oh, man, that uh, that that Washington pick isn't looking good." But it turned into (laughs) one heck of a football game. Well, it's funny how the picks change your point of view, because of course I was hoping for the the Bucks. I mean, I wanted the I thought the Bucks were the better team, but I didn't want them to win by too much because we we took the, the points. So yeah. So, so this uh, is ideal for you. Your your guy comes out on top, and you covered the spread. Uh, yeah. I I wait a minute. Yeah, is that what I picked? I picked that that way. Uh huh. Okay. What? Well, I you know Tom has had a, a, a quite a year, and it's not like I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. It's just that. You, love you guys are constantly dogging him, and uh, I don't think he—I don't think he, he deserves it. Did you see that side by side they did of him and in uh, George Blanda? It was because uh, <laughs> no. they're both forty. Like so, Tom made was the now the oldest to essentially win a playoff game, and like you got to go look at the picture. George Blanda looks like his diet was cigarettes, bacon, and <laughs> I mean he looks like he might be sixty-three. And there's Tom with his Botox face, and I mean, looks just fine. <laughs> oh is that, yeah! Is that, is, wow! Is that his secret? Blanda, How bad that, is that, right? Blanda looks like he he had a uh, a can of nails for breakfast. <laughs> he did. You know, the thing about that is, I remember watching him play. That dude was and drinking we, pimps, and, and we <laughs> we thought he was really really old. And uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. That's pretty incredible. Tom is taking a little better care of his body. And then there's Tom. Looks like he's 22. You think Jeez. he's using Botox? See, look at that picture. Of course he is. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's using all sorts of things. Look at look at George Blanda. <laughs> that that's how an American should look, right? I mean, at 43, <laughs> yes. Look at that guy. Sorry, that's how you should he's look. Still, he's still <laughs> rocking the like salt and pepper uh, uh, sideburns. I mean, just some serious sideburns. Uh, he's got a nose that had to have been broken at least, what, half a dozen times? But yet has a really strong chin. I mean, really strong chin. If Tom broke a nose, he's done for the year. Lloyd's totally right. That guy had a PBR for breakfast for sure. And a steak. You know the, nothing else. Just a steak. You know the With a cigarette burning on the ashtray right in front of him. Did you know that? What, Gordon, say that again. I'm sorry. That he was a kicker, too? No, I did not know that. I just lost a yeah. bunch of respect for him. <laughs> Take back you everything were, I just said. You were liking these rugged looks, but then, yeah, he was a kicker. Wow, that's amazing. Blanda does. He looks like he's he's mere moments <laughs> away from death. Going out there to play. How, how long did he and last? Tom Is does. he still around? He looks like a little kid. I think, is he I think still that, around? I think Blanda is still around. I could, I could is be he? wrong, though. I Wait, could be wrong. I'm going to look it up now. He must be. Well, if he was 43 oh, he was 43 then. then. I you know, I'm thinking he's not. In 2010. He, okay, he there you us. go. Yeah, he oh, us, yeah. In 2010. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> Sorry, I can't keep it's, track it's, of all the Raider greats that uh, are still with us. Well, I'll tell you what. He looked like a like a... Just a, a rock star at 43. Man, look at that guy. Like you know, uh, George it, it, C. Scott is playing him in a movie. You know what I mean? 
I'm like, like how those pictures are. It's so crazy. The side by side, Gordon. You got You got to look at the and, side by side. I will. I'll check it out. And there's so much plastic in Tom's face. It it like looks like it could. It maybe could crack he's just preserved. Maybe he's just looks pres- like it's preserved his youthful looks. You think it's all doctored up, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, hmm. you know, got to get a, a, a little nip tuck here or there. Speaking of his uh, face, looks looking. like it's been being protected by an Uggs mask. <laughs> Speaking of rugged-looking quarterbacks, I remember who was who was the tight end for the Raiders, the legendary tight end way back in the seventies. Do you remember? Was it Dave Casper? I think you are right, Casper. Yes. The anyway, knows. whoever there was, there was a tight end who said that he, when he comes back to the huddle, he didn't want a quarterback who uh, who smelled like he just drank a, a milkshake. He wanted a quarterback that's, that smelled like he just drank a, you know, uh, a good swig of whiskey. And he was talking about perf- his preference for Kenny Stable. Yeah, that's George Blanda for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Blanda. <laughs> and Ken Stabler, both, both very similar. George Blanda. Okay, so he's playing a football game in this picture, right? But he has no idea where he woke up this morning. <laughs> that that George Blanda right there. No, woke he up woke so- up and his he couldn't get off the bed because his knees were killing him. They were they still had ice on his knees. <laughs> that guy woke up in an apartment somewhere on the ground and looked around and thought, <laughs> "Where on earth am I now? I got a game today." <laughs> okay. Okay. I hey, where's my up. keys? Where's my keys? <laughs> I just looked up old George. Yeah, he he looks like he's uh, he's uh, been through some battles. But you got so. the side by side with him and Tom, right? I don't have the side okay. by side, but I know what Tom looks like. No, you, you got you got to do the side by side. Gordon is very familiar with how. Yeah, Tom I know. He, I'm aware. He is. He has studied it. Uh, extensively over the years. He goes to sleep and it's up on his ceiling. I get it. And you broke his heart earlier this segment when you mentioned that his good looks were artificial. You know you've crushed Gordon here. Oh, stop it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Tom Brady, whatever. I just think he had a good year and you guys keep ripping him. That's all. I can't find the side-by-side, guys. I don't know where it is. Well, if you Google uh, George Blanda and Tom Brady side-by-side, it will pull right up for you. Yeah, or at least a website you can click through to because that's how the Internet works. (laughs) you got to put in side-by-side. I don't want to know. You actually don't. (laughs) No, probably not. You you literally probably could just put George Blanda and Tom Brady. Yeah, that's it. And they'll show right up. That's it. I'm not seeing it, guys. I'm, I'm looking at an article uh, that was that came up from usatoday.com. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of it, but okay, I typed in images, but that that isn't that doesn't seem to be working. So hmm. anyway, I get the point. Okay. No, no, Gordon, you don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you do. There, I just text you a link, Gordon. You, I'll email it to you too. Uh, Dennis Dodd joined Hanson Scotty. We're going to let you hear that conversation for what's going on. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.